At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Most of the Fantastic Four has gone away on holiday. Most everyone, except for Reed Richards, who was left behind by his family. Reed pays this no nevermind, however, as he enjoys the time spent not with other people to bother him. Settling down for lunch, Reed grabs a spoon and prepares for a midday bounty of grilled cheese and tomato soup. Peering into his spoon, however, Something seems amiss. At what first looked like a fly starts growing and growing until it was suddenly the size of a full-grown man on the picnic table. The figure points at Reed and says, I am the mighty Atom, and you must be stopped, Reed, before you destroy every universe. Eh, that tracks, thinks Reed, as he jumps back from the table and prepares to defend his future. It's Mr. Fantastic versus the Mighty Might. It's Stretchy versus Shrinky. It's Reed Richards versus the Atom. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. In today's episode, it's another Marvel versus DC Comics battle. These are my favorite kind, by the way. In one corner, you have quite possibly the old-school stretchy superhero who set the bar for super geniuses in the form of Reed Richards versus the world's first, I don't know what the right term is, super shrinker in the atom. Now, as usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed. Now, you know, you would think that a battle with two classic superheroes from Marvel and DC with about 60 years of backstory each would be debated somewhere online. And yet, I don't know what happened. I couldn't wow. find it. I'm talking anywhere. Yeah, it's nowhere. And I searched, like, I thought I searched far and deep before. Uh-uh. I searched like I've never searched before. That's right. I went to page I was going to wonder at this oh my time gosh. of my Google search. 
Nothing. Wow. Absolutely nothing, which means it doesn't exist anywhere. Evidently, yet again, Who Would Win brings you a first-time premier geek culture battle for our faithful fan base, the Legion of Audience. Ray, I really got to hear this. What are your thoughts well, on today's first matchup? First off, I want to know, this is the third Marvel versus DC matchup in the last three weeks. Who's booking this show anymore? Did we just give you the booker duties, James, and have you come up with every matchup? Because if James Gavsey, this is going to pull back the curtain. If James Gavsey was the only one booking the Who Would Win show, we would have 51 straight weeks of Marvel versus DC battles. So when you see a Marvel versus DC battle, in the back of your head, think to yourself, James was behind this. Because typically, that is the case. You know, I do love Marvel versus DC battles. I love a good Star Wars versus someone, even anime, but... In recent weeks, I haven't been in charge of the booking of either the combatants Outrageous. or the judges. Race Outrageous. To you know, I got. I just got, speaking of pulling back the curtain, let's just talk about the recent, air quotes, controversy oh, surrounding no the Who Would Win show. That, James. <laughs> well, okay, okay, let's let's start this off. Uh, I think it started with Batman 89 versus Lou Ferrigno a couple of weeks ago. You were so upset that you put up a poll on Twitter. That is, is that correct? correct? We, had, we had tons and tons of participation in this poll. And the final results are, now the question was, because James expressed the fact that Batman 89 would win with knockout gas, despite the fact that the only example of knockout gas he had was from the comic books, which which doesn't isn't the same character. That's obviously against the rules of who would win. I called it out correctly in the moment. The judge just rolled with it anyway and gave Batman the victory. The people at home, and now the thing is, the people at home, the Legion of Audience, they are roughly 95% behind James in every single battle, and they let me know that. That said, 59 to 41, they said we should reverse the decision and give Hulk the victory. Let me put this in context for our Legion of Audience right now. So uh, Twitter has about 220 million daily users, right, on average. 76 people <laughs> voted on your poll. 76, 76. represents And by a the good way, I was one of them, them, and I felt so sure. bad for you, I voted for the Hulk in that in that t- poll as well. Here's the thing. At 76 out of 220 million, it doesn't really reflect what's really Sample happening. Sample size is great. Um, look, out, not to outdo yourself, by the way, last week's episode oh, of Moon Knight versus Gorilla Grodd, where... I had to. I was told I'm repping Disney's MCU's Moon Knight. I'm like, oh my god, ten minutes of screen time, okay. Versus the CW's Gorilla God and Race to Canis somehow got David Sobolov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd from the CW from the Flash show, to be the judge. Ray, you set up a great matchup and yet still came up a little short, and now you're still complaining that somehow this what was a controversial win. What's going on with this? Because you introduced outside interference in the form of Khonshu the God, who never once directly interfered in a Moon Knight battle. He never once got down in the field and started hitting people. He never once stopped mind control. All these things you brought up on the show did never happen. So you could have been repping any character. And yet, with despite the fact that outside interference is very clearly not allowed, our beloved judge, David Sobolov, who I, I adore his work in Gorilla Grodd, I, I, I do not love his work on the Who Would Win show. I have gotten more response from people telling me they don't know how that's possible, that a judge wanted James to win the battle so badly. He was able to bend, to, first off, tell me Grodd was winning the entire way from pillar to post, from bell to bell, from end zone to end zone. Gorilla Grodd was ahead, according to him. And then in the very twist at the end, say, oh, I've decided Conchu the God would step in and win for Moon Knight, which is against the rule. So if you're willing to bend over backwards to the point of, 
not enforcing and in fact breaking the rules of the game. It's basically the same as putting yourself at spot 99 on shoots and ladders the second turn. What's the point? Two things I got to say. Number one, Khonshu did give Moon Knight the ability to fly as he was going in to fight the main villain. Oh, but for he the didn't get directly involved end. and fight himself, which is what the judge said he would do. So you're upset with the judge is what I'm you're upset saying. with everybody in the entire world. There are 7 billion people right now that are on my list. And that judge is one of them. I, I, I just feel like the, the obvious thing here is that it's not your debating style. I think it's more of your people skills. For some reason, the judge, and you're right, the judge is like, Ray, you're ahead, and the turning point, you're, you're so far ahead, there's no way James can win, and yet somehow, make things up. somehow the judge gets turned off. I'm not really sure what's happening, but we have a judge today, an East Coaster of all people, a comedian, someone who will absolutely make the right call, whatever that right call may be, and I'm excited for it. So, making another appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's stand-up comedian and host and one of the hosts, I should say, of the amazing Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. It's Kevin Israel. Kevin, welcome back to Who Would Win. Thanks so much for having me back, guys. I am excited, and I am excited to be participating in a battle that has never been fought before. I, this is uh, this is historic. Surprised by that. It is historic. You, you know, Kevin, before we kind of talk about you as a judge and hopefully placating Rain and all that kind of good stuff, tell us what you've been up to. Give us some some fun stories of, of life as a comedian on the East Coast. Well, first of all, you can check out our podcast, Gutting the Sacred Cow, on all the podcast platforms. Each week we bring a guest on to argue their case for why a beloved or critically acclaimed movie is overrated. Uh, it's a really fun take on the movie review podcast genre uh, created by Kevin Goatee, or the host. I'm the co-host. Uh, it's a good time. As for comedy, comedy's been great. We've been very busy. Uh, you can check my, out my calendar, kevinisrael.com. Um, I'm all up and down the tri-state area right now. Uh, and it's it's been uh, it's been wild. And, uh, you know, there's been some current events and people seem to be sort of thinking that you can uh, that you can in, engage a comedian on stage. And oh. I, I've experienced that myself. And I'd like to ask everybody listening that if you go see a comedy show, just stay in your seat and shut up. Good advice. Well, you know, that brings me to the obvious question here. Let's say someone doesn't heed that very uh, well-said advice, by the way, and they decide to storm the stage. What is your uh, self-defense maneuver of choice to take out this would-be heckler-turned-attacker? Probably scream and run away. Um, that's that's, that's probably the way I'm going to go. I'm not looking to get any into any litigious matters at this point mm. in my life. Yeah, you know, I mean, hopefully, in all seriousness, like, <laughs> wherever the venue has some kind of security and they'll take care of it because it's it's not going to get it's not going to it's not going to be pretty. It's funny because in the world of professional wrestling, if you jump into the ring during a match, everything just stops and everyone beats the crap out of you. That's <laughs> and why don't comedy shows take a lesson from professional wrestling? You know, while the two I've I've spoken to professional wrestlers before, and while the two the business schemes are really similar mm -hmm. to how both are run, <laughs> yes, they are. the participants are very different. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so he, here's the thing. Let's okay, let's 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 just talk about this real quick. So what do you think Ray has to do? Because he's debating, Ray, I'm gonna talk about you like you're not here. Ray's debating has really picked up. I mean, he is just he's killing it. He's doing a great job with it, and every match is super close. And yet at the last minute for a number of matches, ugh, even I'm like, okay, Ray's got this. And all of a sudden the judge is like, Yeah, I gotta give it to James. What do you think Ray has to do, in all seriousness, to kind of turn the ship around for him? I think he really needs to talk about how handsome and charismatic I am mm. 
and how great of a podcast we have and uh, how he thinks I'm the funniest stand-up comedian alive. And I think that is really what will accentuate his debating skills. So wait a minute. That might be what he's missing. What I hear you saying is you just want me to come on here, Kevin Israel, and tell the truth. Yeah. See? Already? Look at that. See? This is good. All right. Ray is a fast learner. That's my time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. (laughs) Kevin, you saw through that. That's not a little bit. Come on. Uh, Yeah. Okay, good. Um, All right. Listen, we've got an amazing debate ready to go. We got Ray. You got me. You got a great judge in Kevin Israel. It's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the hero whose stretching ability is second only to James Gavsey's stretching of the truth on the Who Would Win show, still bitter, Reed Richards. And representing DC Comics, the hero who won't pay me back the five bucks he owes me because he always says he's a little short this week. The Atom. Strong start, but dad joke style finish. With that being said, well done, Ray. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match, which are brought to you by Indeed.com, one of our great sponsors, and by the Geek and Game Facebook community, the best place, in my opinion, for all things to do with geek culture. Here are the rules. Now, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, what version of the Atom will you be using today? We've got DC Comics version of Ray Palmer's The Atom. So you're going with the mainstream DC comics. I decided to change it up this week and go with mainstream. I like it. Why not? All right. I will mirror that and I'm going to go with the current Marvel Universe version. Surprise, surprise of uh, uh, Reed Richards because he's awesome. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Continuity Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed but will be given less weight. The winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal with no allowance for outside interference. You're welcome, Ray Hey, thanks for putting that out there, James. And where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes. Rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch. Why not? Right now, while you're listening to the podcast, think of how enjoyable that would be, getting your mugs, your shirts, all that kind of good stuff to support Who Would Win while you're listening to one of the world's greatest podcasts, along with Gutting the Sacred Cow uh, podcast as well. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. 
Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And now... Let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for The Atom. The Atom is a superhero physicist in DC Comics. He first appeared in Showcase number 34 in 1961 and was created by Gardner Fox, Gil Kane, and Julius Schwartz. Dr. Raymond Palmer was a professor and physicist at an Ivy League school. Okay, well, it was Ivy University in the city of Ivy Town, but that's close enough, right? It's an Ivy League. Anyway, Ray found a piece of a white dwarf star, like walking in the woods one day, and made it into a lens that allows him to shrink or grow any item that he wants, including himself. Now donning a special costume that appears as he shrinks, the Atom fights crime when it comes to him or when he goes to it as a member of the Justice League. Fun fact, the Atom is one of the only remaining Silver Age heroes in DC Comics, but the TV Arrowverse found a way to make him even more super. You see, the Atom debuted in the Arrowverse in Season 3 of Arrow. Cast to play him was none other than Brandon Routh. Routh was famously played by the Man of Steel, Superman himself, in the 2006 movie Superman Returns. So judge Kevin Israel. You're a smart and handsome fellow. 
when I talk about the atom today, I want you to picture in your mind Superman. And that is the atom. <laughs> the atom also in the same universe as the CW's Gorilla Grodd from The Flash. Oh, recently a loser. The guy who should have won a Disney two would win match. Moon Knight, yeah. rep by James Gabsy. All right. And here are the important details for Reed Richards. Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic, first appeared in the Fantastic Four number one back in November of 1961 and was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Genius, Reed Richards had always planned for his fateful rocket trip to space. Using his inheritance as well as government funding, his theoretical rocket was near completion when Ben Grimm, a successful pilot and astronaut, as well as Reed's best friend, slated to pilot it. Without notice, the government pulled its funding and canceled the project. Reed was determined to fly the rocket no matter what. Reed, Ben, Sue Storm, and her brother Johnny broke into the government facility holding the rocket, went on board, and took off into space. Once they crossed the Van Allen belt, the ship was unexpectedly bombarded with cosmic rays, changing the four forever. Once back on Earth, the four passengers discovered that the cosmic radiation had triggered mutagenic changes in their bodies. Reed Richards discovered that his body had become malleable and that he now had the ability to elongate his body at will. Richards convinced the others that the four of them should use their newfound powers for the good of humanity as members of a team he named the Fantastic Four. Since then, the Fantastic Four have fought across the world and dimensions throughout time and even helped to save the multiverse. And here's an interesting fact about the Fantastic Four. Did you know there was a Fantastic Four movie that never aired? It's true. The film was filmed back in 1994 and directed by the Pope of Pop Cinema, Roger Corman. Instead of cosmic rays, a passing comet is what gives the team their powers, because that's a lot cheaper to do in film, by the way. And the plot revolves around a diamond that everyone wants to get their hands on, because that's awesome. One of the film's biggest issues was the limited special effects available at the time. Reed's stretching ability looked downright silly, and the animatronics and things face that allowed him to speak looked scary and made the thing look always like he was angry. Now, as a producer, I looked into this to see why this film never came to life, and I may have discovered it. Unlike the MCU's current film budgets of at least 85 to 100 to 120 million, if not more, the 1994 Fantastic Four film had a massive budget of $1 million. Wow. So, yeah, that explains why it looks the way it does. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Kevin, do you have any questions before we get started? I would like to add that the reason that movie never came to light was because the studio made it just so they could retain the rights to Fantastic Four. And at some point, actually make a better movie. I believe that was the the lore that I heard. But no, beyond that, I have no questions. Hashtag knowledge. That was pretty good. All right, let's get this party started. Ray, hit us with your point number one. Point number one for the Adam. Now, I want to start pretty simply right here because Reed Richards and the Adam at the end of the day are both scientists. Reed Richards, in one way, he's kind of a jack of all trades. He's very, very excellent at a whole host of fields. But if you're an expert in your field, you probably know more than Reed Richards at the end of the day. You know, he says, you know, Hank Pym knows more about, you know, the shrinking stuff than he does. Or Dr. Octopus knows more about like robotics than he does. But overall, he knows a heck of a lot about a heck of a lot of different things. One thing that I've never really seen him do very well, though, is learn about fighting. He's not exactly, look at him, he's a lanky, a gray-templed scientist who I've never actually seen do actual martial arts on anybody. He sort of relies on the thing, Human Torch, Invisible Woman, to do the fighting for him while he just reaches over and grabs things off of large and tall shelves. That's all I really seen Reed Richards do at the other twist of the imagination. 
The Atom is an Olympic-level gymnast. The Atom is a supremely gifted physical specimen of a character. He's a judo master. He's learned martial arts. He knows how to fight when he actually needs to get into there. And he could, uh, pardon the pun, twist Reed Richards up into a pretzel. Probably in more ways than one. That's all I'm trying to say about that. Now, I'm not going to argue for a second that Reed is not, at the end of the day, a smarter character than the Adam. It would be a very tough thing, but with him being known as kind of like the world's smartest man. But I would argue it's not as if the Adam is dumb. Getting a PhD in phys- as a physicist and teaching at an Ivy League school means that you are very, very smart. He took this moon rock that he found, this white dwarf shard, fashioned into a belt buckle and taught himself how to shrink himself down. You can't do that unless you're a hyper-intelligent character at the same time. So while Reed might kind of see and, 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 and do computations in his head, I don't want to stop and think the Adam is just going to be sitting there picking his nose going doy while Reed Richards is out thinking him in the moment. Also, he's an excellent fighter. I said that before. Well, one time he was trying to, the Adam was trying to escape. He shrunk down and, and fought with some sort of weird, I don't know, alien type creatures called the Katarthans. And they were a weird alien thing. Well, he learned how to fight with a big old sword while he was down there. So he's a character who wields a big sword as well as has judo ability, as well as is an exceptional athlete. Whereas Reed Richards, you know, he can get the cookies down for you if that's what you need to do. And and Adam did keep using the sword after he left that and became a normal sized person again. In fact, the Flash a character known for his great speed and agility, the Flash has said that the Atom has better agility than he does. And he is somebody who can move at the speed of light. So what are we even talking about? If the Flash gives you a dap like that, you gotta sit up and take notice. And the last thing mentally I want to talk about here is that Reed Richards is a little bit of a crackpot. You know, I'm going to explain a little bit later on why he's very similar mentally to a character like Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. Maybe not in the destructive ability, but maybe so in, in the in the not altogether thereness. Well, the Adam is it has its stuff together. The Adam can actually get his stuff done. He's obsessive when he's trying to achieve a goal. But the cool thing about the Adam is, unlike Reed Richards, who can lose his mind. He stays, Adam stays level-headed at all times, even when obsessively pursuing a goal. And a character who can keep his head while all the around him, others are losing theirs, means that he's going to have the focus, the drive, the determination, and the physical ability to win this matchup. And that's my point number one. Wow. Okay. So um, that was something. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the show, Ray. So much uh, posturing on your part for Mr. Fantastic. He's good for reaching cookies on the top shelf. Excellent research. And tortilla uh, I chips. I, and yeah, I can't deny that you're absolutely correct. He can actually do that. But, oh, he can do so much more. I'll explain this to my point number one. But let me kind of push back a little bit on some stuff. Uh, first of all, not to take away from the Adam, but uh, I'll mention this more in detail later. Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, actually is beyond a judo expert. He has mastered judo so much that he actually molded it, all joking aside, to how his body works and now uses his opponent's momentum, uh, you know, body mechanics, all that kind of good stuff to take out super-powered beings. I'll mention all that. But in terms of being a great fighter, he's actually a really awesome fighter. Plus, he knows pressure points, so that's just a kind of cool thing. Let's see. On top of that, saying he doesn't have his stuff together, it's funny because... When Galactus needs help with something, because, you know, Galactus, who destroys planets, is a threat to the galaxy, the whole thing, he goes to Reed Richards for help. 
When Galactus is disturbed, he goes to Reed Richards for help. Another time when Galactus is about to destroy a planet that Reed Richards is on and everyone's losing their mind. He's like, what are we going to do? Reed Richards is like, got this and builds a some type of mechanism to take on Galactus and what he's trying to do and counteract Galactus on the spot with no prep time. Sounds like he's got his stuff together. All right, let me get to my point number one here. You know, speaking about how eloquently Ray put uh, Reed Richards' stretchy powers, let's just continue in that. So, again, it's this obvious thing he can stretch, but there's a lot that he can do with this. Uh, you know, the Marvel Wiki has it says he's got the ability to convert the mass of his entire body into a highly malleable state at will. And this is really cool. So that's what gives him a stretchiness. It's, by the way, reflexive and instantaneous. So what that means is he's not just stretchy when he needs to, like, exact, you know, pull his arm out or push his arm to the top shelf to grab cookies or whatever. That means if someone shoots him, he doesn't have to think about turning on his power to activate it to be rubbery so the bullets just bounce off him or go into him and bounce away. No, it's on all the time. It's reflexive it's instantaneous he's always got his powers up let's see his skin is virtually impervious to cut slashes or punctures unless he somehow relaxes his body forcefully to be able to take the cut listen more on this later wolverine had an insanely hard time with his adamantium claws cutting through reed richards that's pretty impressive he's also super durable he's able to absorb the impact of any type of ballistic projectile this is from the marvel wiki by letting it hit him it deforms his body and then by the way he can redirect the projectiles and shoot them back at whatever's coming his way that's pretty cool uh explosions not a problem his body his body just absorbs the blast and stretches where necessary we've seen this in tons of fantastic four animations uh or let's see there's an explosion about to go off he can just literally lay his body on top of it it goes off his body kind of loons up, comes back down. This guy can take explosions like no one's business. He's got that power of elongation or stretchiness where, by the way, he can extend any part of his body, his torso or his neck, to about 1,500 feet. That is insane. Now, with this elongation, he's gotten some cool fighting skills. He's become a super-powered grappler. Again, this is a thing. He can restrain his opponents super efficiently by using his elastic form. He, like, kind of entangles them. He's done this to the Thing, the Hulk, and many other super-powerful opponents. Of of course, with the Hulk, he held him for a short while, but even just holding the Hulk for a short while is highly impressive. He can also move slightly at super speed. Now, it's not flash super speed, but he can stretch his body and his body moves with it, and it's fast, so I'd say it's low-level super speed, still pretty impressive. He can also change his appearance, so he can change how his face is, rearrange his nose, his eyes, as long as he keeps the same coloring and what have you, as the whatever he's changing into, he can mimic it. But the cool thing is he can actually alter his mass. This is insane. So he's taking on this opponent named onslaught this is a superpowered being strong as the hulk he's the uh combined consciousness of professor x and magneto gone evil and he actually had so all of a sudden mr fantastic reed richards is facing off against me he's like what am i going to do here and he shifts his body mass and somehow transforms it into something closer to the thing not quite as powerful you know the big rocky jewish superhero hint hint nudge nudge and goes ahead and hits onslaught and hurts onslaught with that shot super impressive he can also turn himself into a, a canopy a parachute a trampoline cushion like a objects a slingshot where he can shoot himself across huge distances up to like at least 10 city blocks away this thing is crazy what he can 
do is absolutely crazy. He can turn his fists into large hammers, maces, hit people at super-powered levels. He can flatten to the thickness of an average sheet of, of paper. He can lower his body's cohesion. I don't even know what that means. It just means that he can actually flow through small openings and everything. And just like Ray after eating at Burger King, Mr. Fantastic can generate super-powerful wins but he can do it by turning his hands into fans and twirling them at great speeds. And finally, he can even turn his body into an almost liquid state. What happens when you punch water or liquids? Everything seems to be okay. They just kind of reform. It's all good. All these superpowers means he's super durable. He's super strong. He's super hard to hurt. All of that is my point number one. Interesting, interesting. Now, look, I believe all James really said there is this guy stretches a lot. So that's really all I heard. Yes, he could stretch a lot. As you said, he could reach the cookies. Congratulations, James. You know, he was mentioned once that he was a master in judo, and that was issue 17 of the Fantastic Four back in, like, what, 1963? And ever since 1963, or let me do the math, that's at least, like, 20 years ago. Never once have I seen him do a judo throw. Never once have I seen him pull a judo move or do anything remotely representing martial arts or karate. So I'd like to believe like everything else that's stated one time in the comics and then never gone back to again, his mastery of judo is very clearly a one-time occurrence because I've never seen the man throw a judo throw. Usually all he does is take his arms, push them out real far like a Freddy Krueger movie, tie them up around somebody and be like, I got him. And that's all he does. He lets the other people do the punching, kicking, and dare I say it, judo throws. Now, the only other thing that I want to mention over here is you mentioned uh, guns, explosions. Congratulations, James. He's immune to all the ways the Atom will not be attacking him today. So you got that going for you. Good luck. Good thing he doesn't have a sword or any sharp objects to attack Mr. Oh, that's right. Uh, all right. So now, listen, Kevin Israel, esteemed judge, you've heard point number one for both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? I got to tell you, Ray came out strong with the with the uh, Olympic athlete, the physical specimen that he's a, a judo master. I'm not as familiar with the Adam as I am with uh, with Reed Richards. And I, uh, you know, I really didn't think uh, you, you were going to have a counter for it. But you've made Reed sound like a really formidable opponent for the Adam. It's uh, this is this is going to be a This can be a tough one. I'm really enjoying this because I. Uh, I was I was I was really all team Ray until you whipped out some of those facts uh, facts James. So let's keep this battle going. Love it. All right, Ray Cicadas, you start off strong. Keep it going. Hit us with your point number two. And remember, Kevin Israel, when James talks about facts, he's talking about the IMF or I make up facts. So keep that in mind. Uh, My go. point number two, we're going to talk about the great shrinking ability of the Atom. Because while, yes, constricting is a big thing for Reed Richards, when you constrict the Hulk, when you constrict the thing, they can't shrink down to subatomic levels while you're trying to crush them. They cannot have an easy way to escape that type of common attack from Reed Richards that he does all the time instead of judo throws. Now, the way he does this is he took that piece of a white dwarf shard and he fastened it into something called a bio belt by making it the buckle since then he now controls the uh, effects of the shrinking with his brain waves so there's no like physical limitation there's no speed element here if he wants to shrink he just shrinks immediately and can go down because the atom through use of this power can control every single molecule in his body 
Now that means you're familiar with a character called Vision who has this density control or a character like Vixen who James would mention can be the weight of a whale if they would like to. Well, he has a lot of similar abilities to Vision and Vixen. He likes all the V characters whose names consist of five or six letters. Now, one of the things he's able to do by controlling his own mass is he can fly. Reed Richards, to my knowledge, not able to fly, at least naturally, but if there's any kind of a wind current, the atom can actually like get small and fly through the air and then get big again wherever the heck he wants to. So if he does get himself in a situation, needs to step back to step forward, he could always just fly away and get away from Reed Richards. No, he could shrink so small that people can't find him across the universe. He once went into hiding just by becoming coming small, becoming so small that nobody could go, and everybody in the universe was looking for him in this storyline and he could not be found so how is reed richards going to find him before it's too late if he doesn't want to be found by reed richards pretty easy question to ask right there what is reed richards going to do against somebody who can just disappear and reappear essentially at will and the mass change you know we remember when vixen became as heavy as a whale and uh, allegedly crushed starscream underneath her 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 giant body i don't even know how that works well the whole point is that he can change his density as well to become lighter or heavier as he would like to and he can also focus that in certain areas so he can create very very heavy punches and strikes so he can smash down doors smash down walls smash down cyborgs basically whatever he chooses to punch much like drago in rocky 4 he destroys and i think that's an important thing to say it's one thing to just get hit in a way mr fantastic is used to it's another thing when you have a density shifting monster hitting you with so much weight that you're going to fly away. Another thing is when he gets small, much like Ant-Man, he can retain his normal strength, which means he can grow down to very, very subatomic levels and still flip you over if he absolutely needs to. Reed Richards, again, not much defense against an actual judo master who can do that. And durability... You can hit the atom with just about anything, and he has the density, he can create the density instantaneously of a white dwarf star. <laughs> and, and he can even do that when he's shrunk. So he can shrink down if he sees an attack coming or sees a situation. He can get very, very small and very, very tough. You know, like, like a diamond in the middle of that mountain? That's what he can become and cannot be hurt by anybody or anything. So I don't know what Reed Richards is going to do. And the other thing, last thing I want to talk about here, is, oh, two more things. And one more thing I want to talk about here is that he has been known to travel through phone lines. He once made a call, shrunk to the size of, of electricity, and then zipped through the phone line to his destination. So he's a very creative person as well when it comes to travel as well as combat. What's stopping him from shrinking to the size of a neuron or an electron or an atom going inside the brain of Reed Richards and taking his brain out from the inside, stopping the electrical charges right there? That's an easy way I can see the atom going in and stopping him if he wants to and he's also can get so small that he can travel through the multiverse that might come up as an important thing later but if he goes small enough he transcends space and time and the multiverse i don't see how reed richards maybe in my point number three is going to have an answer to somebody with that ability but that for now is my point number two ah so much good stuff right that that uh, that point i like a lot more because it showed some actual research on him okay so yeah, he can actually hit hard in different ways. That's the cool thing, and that's why it's not going to work against Reed Richards. When he gets hit by the Thing, for example, who's going to hit way harder than the Atom can, because that's what the mm -hmm. Thing does. Remember, the Thing's also 
one of the best fighters, skilled fighters, superhuman fighters that you've got in Marvel Universe. And he's actually going to hit and has hit Reed Richards. Reed Richards just lets the blow absorb into him. Again, he's made of this material, whatever it is, that's almost like, not rubber, but just almost like trampoline, like where it goes in, it's going to come out, bounce off of him. Taking shots is not a big deal. On top of that, in terms of flying, Reed Richards, I already said this, he can glide. He can turn his body into a kite-like thing, glide on the air, and then even propel himself faster than the way Adam can travel. Although the way Adam travels is pretty cool. I'm not taking anything away from that. Let's see. He can shrink so small that he can remain hidden. That's called battlefield removal by doing it yourself. Great. He can go so small that you can't find him. Remember, we got that two-minute rule. If you're not fighting for two minutes, you're pretty much done with the fight. And then finally, going into Reed Richards' brain would be a horrible thing for the Adam to do. I'm actually gonna go into more detail on that in one of my further points. But let me get to my point number two, and let's talk about some other amazing things about Reed Richards. Now listen, let's just put this debate to bed. Reed Richards actually is a great fighter. It is listed, again, Marvel Wiki, that he's one of Earth's best judo experts. That doesn't mean he's a judo master because there's lots of people, not lots, there's a good number of people who are judo masters. Remember, I'm a martial arts guy, MMA guy. I meet a lot of really great experts, all that. But when you say you're one of the world's best, you're an elite league of very few people. Now, we see him fight with this judo type of stuff that he's modified for himself because when he fights characters like the Gray Gargoyle, who's made of stone or what have you, he's flinging them along. He's using momentum. He has turned judo into this cool set of techniques and moves that he can use for his body type that's how much he's modified judo he's an awesome fighter he does this all the time and again he can modify his punches his kicks everything because he's snapping them with those long arms imagine how hard you can hit from 1500 feet away when you snap into someone with extra large fists never mind when you can increase your mass as well he's also a master of tying people up i mentioned this before but he knows how to stretch his body and wrap it around people to either make them completely immobile or to hold people back if the atom stays too big and starts being a physical thing he's going to do what he's done to the thing to the hulk and to other very powerful superheroes in the marvel universe and super villains and just tie him up he's going to leave the atom no choice but to shrink down and what have you and that'll play exactly into what he's going to do to overtake him more on that later let's talk about his intelligence so reed richards is arguably one of the most intelligent beings in the marvel universe galactus galactus says that reed richards intelligence is of universal consequence look Name the branch of science and he's a master of it. Physics, rocket science, chemistry, human alien biology. He's got that. He's made breakthroughs, though, in space travel, time travel, extra-dimensional travel, biochemistry, robotics, computers, extra-dimensional transportation, and holography, energy generation. He's so intelligent that when advanced races need help in the those alien races in the Marvel Universe for help with their tech, they go to Reed Richards. Everyone goes to Reed Richards for help when they have their issues with tech. So this is someone who understands, you know, how... The Adams tech is going to work because, again, he's got a ton of experience with Ant-Man. Now, here's the cool thing. He's listed as being so brilliant that he's actually a brilliant tactician. He's a great tactician. He knows how to outsmart his opponents. He's intellectual equals on you know with a bunch of these people, but he can still outsmart them when it comes to tactics. This is someone who's outsmarted Doctor Doom. He's matched tactics with Captain America on occasion, and has even created a machine on the spot. I already mentioned this with zero prep time to fight Galactus and prevent him from eating the planet he was on. This is someone who knows how to kind of snap into action, create a plan, stick to it, and plus he has already got all this knowledge of every 
chain of science you can think of or branch of science. He knows how at, uh, the atom's powers are going to work. He'll be really you know, fascinated by them, but he's going to figure out how they work and their limitations real quick. On top of that, he's got a photographic memory. So whatever he's experienced or read or seen, he can recall upon it instantly and perfectly whenever he freaking needs it. Here's some cool things Reed have done, by the way. He invented a new field called of science called psychohistory, where he uses equations to predict the future societal trends super accurately. Reed, by the way, is someone who can do this this on the fly so he can understand how someone and kind of predict what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Um, let's see, Dr. Doom. Listen, I love Dr. Doom. He's quite possibly the greatest threat to the Marvel Universe, really. He's the most dangerous character in the Marvel Universe, at least I think so. At one point, he had the power of God and ruled the multiverse. And this is the person who admitted to being intellectually inferior to Reed Richards. That's how smart Reed Richards is. And what's cool is that Reed Richards uses his intelligence to make him a better fighter. He's often fought Dr. Doom and completely intellectually redirected him, like as if he's playing chess with him, so he gets positioned exactly where Reed wants him. In fact, one time they did play chess, and Reed beat him while figuring out what Dr. Doom was really trying to accomplish, beat him in two different levels. But he's also got some other cool stuff. His uniform, you see it stretches with him. How's that even happen? It's made up of unstable molecules. That means that the suit is somehow attuned to his powers, which is why Reed's costume is just stretching in every direction he's going in, and rarely gets broken or ripped or shredded, whatever. This is something that's really cool. By the way, in the costume, speaking attack there's a readout there's a computer there's an onboard computer which does a diagnostic diagnostic and scans whatever he's fighting he's going to know what he's dealing with with the atom very very quickly let's see on top of that speaking of going into his mind he's got complete control of his internal body as well all of his inside places he can control this is very different it's not like the atom's going to go into a brain and just see a brain's right there it's all static and stationary oh no reed richards can stretch his brain so much so that his head looks like a xenomorph head whatsoever kind of and the neurons got stretched out he did that because that way he can make himself smarter in the moment and think of equations better this is someone who can control everything on the inside and as durable as he is on the outside i've been led to believe he's also as durable on the inside all of that together and weaponized martial arts kind of coolness is my point number two James, you're saying a lot of really weird things right here. You know, you're claiming that he's an excellent fighter. I'm looking at the Marvel Wiki right now, which is our go-to as far as what Marvel themselves believes a character to be. They rate these characters on a scale of one to seven, one being the lowest, seven being the highest. Now, Reed Richards, according to the own Marvel Wiki, you love to quote, his energy, his ability to stay in a battle is a one. One out of seven as far as his ability to stay in a fight with his energy levels. His fighting skills for this great judo expert. You'd figure that would be pretty good. It's a two. Two out of seven. One of the lowest I've ever seen. His speed is a two. He's an extremely slow character. Yes, he has the possibility of doing some of these ex extraordinary feats. But when it comes to actually getting into a fight, Reed Richards is going to have a problem with somebody who's an Olympic level. Flash said best agility he's ever seen kind of a fighter he's not fast enough and he's not a good enough fighter and quite frankly he doesn't have the endurance to last very long against a character like the atom and I'd also like to point out, you, you talked about universal consequence of the things you're doing. I read a wonderful article in this research from TV Tropes just called Reed Richards is Useless. Because Reed Richards, while he can create a super galactic ray to shoot down Galactus, can't solve world hunger. So the thing that we actually need on this planet, for some reason, he's nowhere to be found when he could actually be helping real people in the real world because all he's worried about is fantastical science. 
the atom who can grow things super, you know, take things from lower down, grow them big, hasn't made extra big food that can feed millions. By the way, on marvelfandom.com, it says, martial arts, Mr. Fantastic is one of the Earth's best judo experts. He's the master of a Tammy Waza, otherwise known as body striking techniques. I'll leave it there. All right. Two. That Two was, out uh, of seven. There's another one that says he's an expert. All right. Kevin Israel, we're at the turning point. But before we get to what you have to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? We have an extra special, brand new patron uh, as of this month uh, named Nate. One name, Nate. But Nate, you know it's you. When someone has just one name, Nate, you know they're powerful. And since they're True. so powerful, let's give them... Someone really powerful. Are you ready for this? Have Nate go up against Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange versus Nate. Now, we've seen Doctor Strange get defeated in a whole host of multiverses. But we're going to talk about the 616 version of Doctor Strange. And we're going to talk about the 616 version of Nate. And that's where Doctor Strange is going to run into some issues. See, he's going to try to conjure the mystical planes. He's going to uh, create a little portal. And he's going to go stand right behind Nate. And he's going to say, Nate, what are you doing here? And Nate's going to turn around and he says, I'm digging your grave. And all of a sudden, he's going to reach out. Nate's going to put his hand on Dr. Strange's shoulder, and he's going to teleport the two of them to a nexus, a plane of existence outside of our material plane, because Dr. Strange made the one mistake. He didn't do his research before the battle. He did not know that Nate was an extra-dimensional traveler, and Nate's just going to walk in there. He's going to take his hand off Dr. Strange's shoulder, and he's going to say, this world is safe now from you and then transport himself back to his own world battlefield removal nate has taken out dr strange who in this world cannot find a way back all too easy flawless victory for nate now remember you too can become a celebrated patron of the week all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash who would win show and sign up and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of who would win now kevin back to the turning point you've had a moment to ponder Two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead? And what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? You know what? I got to tell you, man, this is a good one, guys. This is this is really a nail biter. I was all with Ray with the whole as soon as he said, because I was thinking it and I was wondering if he was going to go there about shrinking down and going inside of Reed Richards. And I was like, well, that's it. Game over. We're done. Uh, because that I, I mean, we've seen that happen before in other char- with other fictional characters. But then James's point that he can control the inside of his body and it's just as durable really counters that. So I got to tell you, I, I'm feeling dead even right now. I the third points, it's where this this game's going to be made for me. Ray, how many times have we been here? Too dead many, heat. James. And frankly, I'm tired of it. I should be up by 25 points right now. We have a. But okay, that's fair. All right, Ray, let's see if you can reverse your losing streak. Hit us with your point number three. Point number three for the Adam. I just call this the win because there are many different ways outside of the going inside Reed Richards' body, which I still think would work. Just because you could move stuff around doesn't mean it goes away. And if Reed Richards can't do anything about the Adam, the Adam can go in there and tear up stuff all day until he finds one that works, quite honestly. Now, other ways that he can win. Because the Adam Kent doesn't just have to shrink himself down. He can shrink down friends or enemies he's fighting in combat as well. And while Reed Richards has the ability to grow, 
if you shrink him down to the subatomic level and then shrink yourself back up all the way, what is 1,500 feet of reach to somebody who's the smallest atom-sized uh, particle that you could possibly find? If you could shrink down Reed Richards, and quite honestly, if Reed Richards attempts to constrict the atom, which is his number one go-to maneuver, you heard James say it, that's skin-on-skin contact. The atom will easily be able to transport them both back down and then transport himself right back up. No harm could be done to the atom at that point. That is a very simple way to achieve victory, but it could go even further because he can access something called the bleed, which is the dimension between universes and allows him to travel to alternate dimensions. He could take Reef Richards smaller than that, take him to an alternate dimension, kick his butt, and then go on back to the previous one and walk away safely at that point. You can just dump him in a place he can has no concept of. Shoot, at one point, the big weakness of everything the atom shrunk is that it blew up. It blew up no matter if it was alive or not. And the atom knows how to shrink people without blowing them up now, which also means he knows how to shrink them and also blow them up <laughs> no less than less than two minutes after he had shrunk them. So he could shrink down Reed Richards and just blow him up. Now, Reed Richards is a very smart man, but Reed Richards tends to overthink absolutely everything and come to far more convoluted answers for things than always would be necessary. This is a very simple fight. And I could see a situation where Reed Richards way overthinks the situation, gets in over his head with too much complication, and his own plan falls apart like a house of cards. Let's face it, Reed Richards messes up all the time. For being the world's smartest man, he created World War Hulk when he tried to jettison Hulk into space, and then he just forgot that he did it. Hulk came back furious and tore up the world. During the Civil War storyline, he created Murder Thor. He created a version of Thor, a clone, who went and murdered Goliath, thus creating the actual huge conflict because now death was on the table because Reed Richards screwed up. He doesn't always think through the consequences of his actions all the way through to the end. He's basically one step from being a supervillain. We know this because you've heard of, again, Rick Sanchez, the Council of Ricks. Well, that's based on the Council of Reeds, where a whole bunch of Reed Richards took our Reed Richards, and he found out that almost every single one of them is a monster, a supervillain. Almost every single one of them had killed Dr. Dune or lobotomized him, which is absolutely fantastic for those Reeds, but our Reed wouldn't do those things, but he's always one step away from doing those things, and it's the power of his family that pulls him back. Who isn't involved in this battle? His family. And that's also important because one of his biggest weaknesses is the Fantastic Four power synergism. Yeah, I said it out loud. It might have to be bleeped. I don't know. But essentially, if he's in a separate dimension, if he's in a separate, uh, not on the same planet as the other members of the Fantastic Four, his power level shrinks rapidly to the point where he loses all his powers completely. If this fight takes place on a neutral battlefield, it means the Fantastic Four are not there. If the Atom takes him to an alternate dimension, an alternate universe, the Fantastic Four are not there. And he quickly will lose all his powers and the Atom will easily be able to overpower him at that point. I could bring up the fact that in the Blackest Night storyline, the Atom became an indigo, uh, a Green Lantern type style fighter, uh, an indigo uh, lantern. I don't even think I need to do that because I think I've already won the battle here. But uh, Kevin, you tell me if you want to hear that argument at the end and I'll be happy to add it as a little cherry on top of this victory Sunday. I call this battle and that's my point number three. 
Oh, so he's Inigo Lantern. Okay, got it. So for a few comic book issues in this very large, very huge crossover event in DC Comics, which was awesome, by the way. I loved it. A lot of different characters. I think Superman had a ring. A bunch of different characters had rings. Adam had a ring for a short time. Batman refused his. That was kind of cool. But that's not something that's kind of with the character for any length of time. Just putting that out there. James, you brought in knockout terms- gas into Batman 89. You have no reason to talk about that. No, it was actually tranquilizer darts, which he does have. And it's in the specs of Batman 89. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. On top of that, blowing up people by shrinking them. That's not something he really does anymore. It's not even in his character, really. And then on top of that, World War Hulk. Yeah, uh, Reed Richards was definitely part of the Illuminati who sent them off to, uh, sent the Hulk off world, uh, as was Professor X, uh, let's see, uh, Tony Stark and Doctor Strange, if not a few others as well. Wasn't really all of his fault. It was kind of a bad miscalculation. He was involved, but not all of it was his deal. Let's see. um, We talked about Adam not being able to tear up the inside because that's, again, he's got durability on the inside and outside. Trying to rip apart something on Reed Richards on the outside, the Hulk has a hard time doing that. The Adam's not going to be able to, and that accounts for the inside as well. Uh, that's pretty much it. You know, if you want to say the Adam has access to all of this stuff, I hear what you're saying about, you know, the characters of the Fantastic Four being separated, but the powers, if they do go down, it goes down over time. It's not an immediate, all of a sudden their powers are gone kind of thing or they're weaker. It's definitely something that takes a lot of time to take full effect. All right, let me get to my point number three, and let's talk about some great feats from Mr. Fantastic. Let's see. Read. Oh, by the way, sorry, before we even go there, his costume, the the unstable molecules, protects him from a lot of stuff. I'm going to use this term, the shrinkage and what have you. Remember, he's already experienced this with Doctor Doom and facing Ant-Man. He's very familiar with the quantum universe, with the Marvel Universe. He's got this. He knows how to kind of counteract all this stuff. He does encounter something and then put that into his arsenal. He's known for doing that. All right, let's talk about some great feats. My point number three for Mr. Fantastic. Let's see, he took on Wolverine and actually put Wolverine inside a giant ball of himself wrapped Wolverine all around in the circles Wolverine's in there he's unable to escape he takes his claws out he's like I'm about to slash this fool and he starts slashing and nothing and that's because even with his adamantium claws that can cut through pretty much anything couldn't get through Mr. Fantastic because I guess when he stretched the body just molded and went with the the claws as it came back and forth that's pretty impressive he tanked a blast of energy from a powerful being who was called one of the elders of the universe now that's pretty impressive these are super powerful beings within the Marvel Universe he turned himself into a giant wall with fists and held back the Avengers the Hulk and at least 10 other Marvel heroes including Superman uh, Spider-Man I should say when he's wearing the Venom symbiote now remember he was just trying to prevent them from getting some Somewhere, but he did prevent them from going all over to where they were trying to go to destroy this machine. He prevented it because he said, if you do that, you're going to make things much, much worse. And he was correct. He, let's see, he was able to easily tank force fields that were exploded inside his body. Right, one time this force feels you know it's put in his body and it explodes and you see inside his body, outside of his body, you know, in his gut everywhere, it just goes into these crazy big huge spikes and dies back down. Not a problem. He's fine. Let's see. He also knows everyone's powers, abilities, and tech and how everything works. Again, he knows how Wolverine works, Tony Stark, Spider Man, even Galactus had issues. You know, again trying to face off against him because he knows how all these characters work. Everything you mentioned about what the Adam can do, which by the way is awesome. He's already experienced 
already figured how to counteract and how to escape from it. Remember, this is someone who, on the fly, came up with this machinery to defend the planet he was on against Galactus. If the Atom tries to do something to him, he's got a computer inside of his uniform. He can quickly time travel. He can quickly come up with some machine to get him back to where he needs to do because he's going to stay in the fight. You know, just like Batman has contingency plans for a lot of the Justice League people, Reed Richards has knowledge that he can pull on to help him fight almost anybody. Again, when you can defeat Doctor Doom and outthink Doctor Doom, the Atom, as impressive as he is, isn't that much of a challenge comparatively. So he's got all this great experience. He's got tactical ability. He's got photographic memory. Let me just kind of say how I think this fight's going to go. So these two characters are going to face off. And by the way, I really think they're both going to be fascinated by what each other can do. And there's going to be a little bit of talk, geek nerd talk going on, because I know I would. And by, once they get past it and they start fighting, that's when the Adam starts going into it. And he says, you know, I, I recognize this guy. It's like Plastic Man. So he's going to use these tactics that he used against Plastic Man. Great character as well. Although they're just not going to work the same way. Reed's going to then case him in that, you know, in his body, just like he did with Wolverine. Then the Adam's going to shrink down and say, you know what? I got to go inside his brain because that's how I helped, you know, take, take, you know, helped out Superman by going to his body and figuring things out there. I helped to defeat Darkseid by going in his brain and screwing things up. And I'm going to do that with this character. He goes into Reed's mind, his body, and all of a sudden, not only can he not tear things apart, not only is everything malleable, but all of a sudden, he gets trapped as well. He's now trapped because Reed Richards feels him go in there. He recognizes these tactics and says, got it, I got you, and traps him inside his body in a similar case that Wolverine couldn't get out of. The Atom has no choice but to escape, shrinks down to the quantum universe, and leaves. Why? Because he doesn't know what he's facing, he's a smart guy, and he's going to come back a second time after he's had time to dissect a strategy and figure out exactly what Reed Richards was. Could he do it? Yeah, maybe he can, but that first fight, as we've often mentioned with a number of characters, they're probably going to be like, I'm overmatched, got to get out of here, and I'll come back another time with a better victory. In the first fight, though, this one's going to Reed Richards. That's why he wins. That's why the Adam loses, and that's my point number three. Outrageous. You know, James, some of the things you said right there. First off, you said, oh, how could you possibly bring up the Indigo Lantern, which is only a few issues? And then you heard what he said, Kevin. Oh, and then he became a giant brick wall that held off the Avengers while he was wearing the Venom symbiote. And then, like, wait a whoa, 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 whoa. While well, he was wearing, was wearing the Venom, the Venom symbiote, symbiote yes. which was obviously years and years of his character. No, that was a short-term thing that James chastises me for, then uses himself. I hope that you can recognize the shadiness of these tactics. And what I would argue right now is that he'll just figure it out is not an argument <laughs> he's smart he'll figure it out you have to either tell me james how he'll figure it out you've got sixty thousand years of comic books to tell me just saying reed richards is smart so every single thing the atom will do oh oh he'll just do it well that's the kind of argument that is, is unfortunately very sloppy james and it's the kind of argument that should not win any battles ever because if you cannot give me examples you cannot prove your point and that's the entire thing here at the end of the day kevin you beautiful handsome funny man what i would like to tell you is that the atom would get constricted by reed richards i think that's absolutely the case he would get wrapped around but that's exactly what the atom wants he'll shrink both the of them down to very 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 small levels and then shrink and then raise himself back up to his standard human level again reed richards at this point you know he's the size of what a grain of rice that's just not going to do anything and while james gavsey will sit here and say well in this situation he'll figure it out when has he recovered from being shrunk before? He doesn't have an answer for it. He only defeats people because he's given tons of time to create an anti-galactic or anti-galactus machine because he knows Galactus and he knows Galactus is coming and he has the time and the resources to do it. This is too fast. Marvel Wiki puts him at speed of two. 
He's not a fast character, and even to operate a computer takes time. And if he's slow against an Olympic-level athlete, I'm sorry, this thing is over, alternate universe dimensions aside or otherwise. Ray, when did you get here? So he's come back from being shrunk, time-traveled, sent in the past, he's come back, figured it out. All these things he knows how to do, and he knows how to take on the Human Torch, which, by the way, flies and is way faster than an Olympic athlete. Who as got the powers at the same time he did? He's been living his whole life with him for 50 years. I'd hope he could beat him at that point if he's the smartest man alive. Oh, gotcha. So that way, because he knows the uh, Ant-Man for different 60 years, and knows how the Ant-Man strategy. he's got familiar with. Okay, similar powers. All right, Kevin Israel. Comedian extraordinaire. You have heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, and the Atom. First of all, guys, kudos to you. This was an amazing match. Uh, of the of the, the episodes I've been lucky enough to judge, this was, you guys have argued these two, without a doubt, the best. And it was an amazing matchup of characters. And I think you're, I think both of you tell a story that's probably true. And in these situations, there's always you find the truth in the middle. I think you're I think you're right. The battle would start with Reed Richards trying to wrap himself around the atom because that's what Reed Richards always does. The atom would try to shrink down both of the. And it's interesting because both of these characters have friends in their universes with similar powers. Mm-hmm. So they would both say, I know what this guy's doing. I, I, th- I think there I think it would be. I have to tell you, and I'm I'm I, I hate to say this though. I think in the end it might end up being a, a fast battle, because I, I, I think that the atom would be able to shrink down, and I'm still really compelled by the idea of him going inside Reed Richards. And I know that Reed Richards is durable on the inside, but I think get, being able to get down to the atomic and subatomic level, I think Adam would find a way to disrupt electrons or neurons or, or some electrical behavior in Reed Richards, and if not kill him, disable him. So I, you know, I have to, I have to, as much as I hate to do this, I have to give the win to race the Canis. Oh, dear Lord. I'm hit. I'm hit. I've been shot. You know, I got to tell you, the fact that you said reality. you hate to do this gives me such joy and delight. I'm actually okay with this. And, and, may, I, and may I explain? May I explain why I'm okay with this? Because the way you're talking about this, you know, it, it's been alluded that Mr. Fantastic is as durable on the inside as the outside, but it's never been confirmed. And there's one thing the Adam did, and it's a storyline from years ago. He took out Darkseid. By going into his insidey places, into his mind. If you can do that against Darkseid and completely shut him down, yeah, I can see there's some evidence to that being a strong possibility against Mr. Fantastic. I'm actually okay with this decision. Well said, Kevin Israel. Can I tell you right now that when I made my original point of going inside the brain and disrupting things, I thought I mentioned that he had gone inside Darkseid's head, and it wasn't until you referenced it yourself, James Gavsey. Later on in the argument, I realized I never said his name a single time, and I'm basically out of time right now. Oh, no. Have I just done myself? But no because you put it on the record for me. So thank you, James, for this epic victory. Listen, here's the deal. When it comes to facts, regardless of what everyone says, I need to put on the facts. Because if I'm going to get a win, I want to get a win the right way. And listen. Since he, when? Since all the time, Ray Stacanus. Listen, how dare Ray, you? how many times have you actually lost? In your mind, how many times have you lost? Twice. 
Tw- okay, out of four seasons, <laughs> two losses. This was a well-deserved win. You did a great job with it. And that's why I'm okay with it because you referenced the one way where he took out someone way more powerful than Mr. Fantastic. So my hat is off to you. I'm great with this. Ray, this is your moment to shine. Tell the Legion of Audience how you feel. I was hit by reality for the first time in several weeks. James, I appreciate that you think I deserve to win this battle because I did deserve to win this battle. But let me tell you, after all the hashtag Ray was robbed, Uri, that's been happening over the last two months. One deserved victory is not enough. I'm going to take at least six, seven, eight. Uh, how's that line go that LeBron said? Not three. Not four, not five. I'm going to take 11 victories in a row after this. And after three more after this, I get Sid 6.7 on the show from Virtuosity because I've won four in a row. What do I get for 11 in a row? Nobody knows. It's never been done before, but it's getting done here. And only then will I be feeling whole again. Are you done? No, but I'll let you keep going. Okay, fantastic. All right, Kevin Israel, we love having you on the show. Please come back. Just the way you say things, the way you like, I hate to do this, but you just warm my heart in so many different ways. (laughs) Uh, You know, you're a national treasure. Please tell our fan base, the Legion of Audience, where they can find you online. First of all, I'm glad I was able to give you both something to make you happy. I feel like I (laughs) am a Jewish Santa Claus and I spread to joy. Hanukkah Harry. in, in May, Hanukkah Harry. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you can find me at kevinisrael.com for all my upcoming comedy dates. My album, The Struggle is Real, is available everywhere you can get uh, audio. And make sure to please check out uh, our podcast, Getting the Sacred Cow, with fellow comedian and host and creator of the podcast, Kevin Goatee. Each week we bring on a guest to make their case for why a critically acclaimed, popular, beloved movie is actually overrated. It's a really fun uh, take on the movie review genre, and it always causes a lot of people angst which we love. Love it. All right. Uh, Ray Cicadas, congratulations again. Please tell our listeners where they can find you. You can, of course, find me at Almighty Ray. I'm just getting on my phone really quick to purchase The Struggle is Real, if I can find it, on the Kevin Israel. uh, It's not in iTunes. Okay, well, I'll try to find it somewhere else then. Because obviously, (laughs) this is a brilliant look. I I looked up Kevin Israel, and I got a folk singer. I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need some help with the algorithm here. So that's all I'm going to say. So here's the deal. Everyone, go purchase The Struggle is Real. And don't jump up on stage with comedians. Please. Please don't do it unless you're planning to give them a big bag of money and then immediately leave. That's okay. I just want to make sure that that delineation is clear. Big bag of cartoon money with the dollar sign on it, put it obviously with you on stage, hand it to a comedian and you immediately leave. Kevin, I believe that's all right. Do I, do I have my rules down? Yeah. In a fantastical universe where that happens. Sure. Right. Yes, that's <laughs> allowed, you. people. So remember this. If you want to go viral, as all the kids are saying, do that. Give a comedian a giant bag of money on stage while he's performing. Other than that, I've got nothing bad to say. I'm going to win 11 in a row here because I should have won the last 11, quite frankly. I should have won the last 22 in a row. But so to me, winning 11 episodes of the Who Would Win show, starting with this one, is basically the easiest thing possibly imaginable. Y'all, we'll see you in September when I'm basically undefeated. At Almighty Ray on Twitter, we're having a hashtag Victory Friday once again. And uh, the poll is still ongoing at this moment. But we will have a poll to reverse last week's decision as well. You can guarantee that. Stay tuned for a massive turnout 
of 76, maybe even 77 people, myself included, I might even vote twice, to vote for Ray Sicanus' heart-pounding poll of seeing to if you can reverse it. it no one's coming, Ray. I'm just saying it's not going to be a great poll. All Reversed! Right. Reverse, here we go. All right, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabs. You remember, every week I'm going to do my question of the day because I love starting a conversation seeing where it goes. Is it controversial? Sure. Is it fun? Yes. Do people get in trouble? Yes. Come in and check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. when Optimus Prime died. Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode. Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No, different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! No. And Knowing is Half the Podcast... Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.